0: This afternoon, we're going to be talking about Peter, doing a kind of a character study. And what I decided to do was to just kind of give you an overview of Peter as he was. We start out and we find that uh, Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Peter, as we find throughout all of his stuff, was impulsive. And he did things at the drop of a hat. Kind of what we ought to do in following Jesus, he did it. His brother Andrew did it with him. And apparently they were among the first to be called to follow Jesus. Jesus. There's a very bad picture (laughs) of Peter pulling a net. In Mark, the first chapter, we find that as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. So we, we know this tells us another something about Peter and that he was married. And uh, so Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. In uh, Matthew, the 14th chapter, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the, on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, for it is I. Do not be afraid. Then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw what the wind was, boisterous, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached, stretched out his hand and caught him and said to, to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Again, we see an example of, of Peter and his impulsiveness. And he didn't stop to think. But then we also see the side of him that immediately, after he's out there on the water, walking toward Jesus, his doubts began and he started sinking. How often do we do that in our life? We we start out with a lot of faith, but then the world, we notice the world and all of a sudden our faith starts withering. Simon Barjona confesses that Jesus is Christ. That's in Matthew, the 16th chapter. When Jesus came into the reason of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys to, to, of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now here, we find out two things. One, Simon, the son of Jonah, because that's what Simon Bar-Jonah means, by the way. And he's the first one that said, Cry, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That shows his faith in Jesus, and he had a lot of. In Matthew, the 17th chapter, we find that now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of that cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Once again, Paul doesn't stop to think. He just acts. And why make three tabernacles when Jesus is God's son? And, and I don't know why he's wanting to make tents anyway. I mean, that's what a tabernacle is, right? And it just never made sense to me why he'd want to do that, but that's what he pointed out that he wanted to do. And immediately, God, before he's even finished talking, God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Do what he says. In Acts the first chapter, we find that after Jesus' death, Paul, Peter was uh, the leader, really, of the disciples. And in those days, Peter stood up and in the midst of the disciples, altogether the number of names was about 120 and said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased the field, which with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed out, and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that field is called in their own language, Akedama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Therefore these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed to Jace, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was named Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, to You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you've chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias. Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Then in the next chapter in Acts we find Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to, to the men and men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And then Paul Peter Goes on and gives the first gospel lesson. Now this is after the Spirit, Holy Spirit is poured down on the men and they're, they're out there around the temple speaking in multiple languages and all of these kinds of things. So, but Peter is the one that gave the first gospel lesson. And then in Acts the third chapter, again, Peter and John, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging almost alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Then we go on with the story. And the temple leaders are yelling at James and John, or Peter and John. Then we find a little later, after they've told them, talked to them about it. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus and seeing the man who It had, who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. And then they command Peter and John to not do anything in the name of this Jesus anymore. But they continued to do it anyway. Then in Acts, the fifth chapter, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold possession, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Three hours later, Sapphira came back. Same thing happened. And it wasn't the fact that they kept back part of the price. It was the fact that they tried to sell it, that they were giving all of what they received. The way I understand it. But the Holy Spirit revealed it to Peter. Peter. In Acts of the ninth chapter, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, and he did, and did not believe he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord, and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him to Tarsus. Now I looked up what a Hellenist was because I didn't know what Helen. And it's a group of Jews who read the scriptures in the, and it says LXX, which I'm assuming is the uh, Alexandrian translation rather than the Hebrew. And those who spoke Greek rather than Aramaic. For nearly two centuries there had been an uneasy relationship between Jews who welcomed Hellenistic culture and those who defended the Aramaic method. Acts the tenth chapter. Now the following day after when they had entered at Caesarea, now Cornelius was waiting for them and he'd called them together. With his relatives and close friends, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I come without objection as soon as I was sent for." I asked them, for well, what reason have you sent for me? Now I'll remind you that Dusty showed the picture this morning of the sheep with the, all the animals on it. This is right after that. Okay? When there were the three men, they brought him, Peter and the group of men from Joppa to Cornelius. And then after Peter preaches to the, these people, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit comes on them. And Peter asks these men, Are you, the, the men from Joppa, how can we deny them the baptism when it's already clear that the Lord is blessing them? And these guys agreed. So then when they get back to Jerusalem, now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, led down from the heaven by four corners, and it came to me. And when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise up, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the the man's house. And he told us how, how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send him into Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you the words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John then did indeed, indeed baptize with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, Who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted the Gentiles repentance to life. So Peter was very well aware that although it was the Jewish custom that no Jew, no true Jew, would ever enter A non-Jewish home. Nor would they allow a non-Jew into their home because it would make their home unclean. And if they went into somebody's house and ate with them, they would become unclean. So it was a real problem. And those who continued in the Jewish traditions after they became Christians continued to press the Gentiles to follow Jewish traditions. Well, that's right. they, like Dusty said this morning, they wanted them to be circumcised, they wanted them to follow all the laws and all of these things, and that's not what Peter was teaching. That's not what Paul taught. And there, thus, when, when the Jerusalem Council comes around now the apostles and elders come together to consider this matter and when they had there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to him, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that my mouth, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God who knows the heart acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and he made no distinction between us and them purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all of the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked throughout them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, Saying, men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I was, oh, then we get to Galatians, the second chapter where Peter's talking to the, the, uh, uh, telling the story of what happened when he was at Antioch. Well, when Peter had come to Antioch, I restored him to his faith because he was to be blamed. For before certain men had come from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter to before them all... If you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the Jew, why do you compare Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the, of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by, by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Couple of points I want to make here. <clears throat> Number one, Peter, before the people from from Jerusalem came, from James came, was eating like Dusty said this morning, was eating, was was actively working with these people who were Gentile. When the people from James came, all of a sudden Peter started withdrawing in, and, and as Peter's example of withdrawing from the Gentiles became known, then other Jews did the same thing. To the point that even Barnabas started drawing away from the Gentiles. Now, this is damaging because, guess what, how, does, how do you think that made the Gentile Jew Christians feel? Did it, you think it made him feel pretty good, do you? I don't think so. And, and that's the point. And that's why instead of visiting him, Peter, like Jesus would have had us do one on one, I think Paul confronted him in front of everybody so that the point could be made that this is an egregious sin and you're all involved in it. And it's not right. We all have to follow God's law, do what God wants us to do, how He wants it done, and, and it's not right for us to judaize the law or Christianity. The last thing I want to mention is that in 2nd Peter the 3rd chapter therefore beloved looking forward to these things be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless and consider that the long suffering of our lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul according to the wisdom given to him has written to you as also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know, of the, know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, in the, in the end, even Peter, in his writings, commended the letters that Paul had written to all of the people. And that includes... Well, he wrote in Galatians. So Peter recognized and I think amended his ways. And I think that's something that we all need to remember. We've got to examine ourselves. We've got to make sure that we're following what God would have us to do. And it's a tough, tough chore to do. And we all fail every day. But what we have to do is we have to get back up and keep on going. If there's any way that we can be of service to you today, we'd invite you to come forward as together we stand and as we sing.